Digify Africa and Flash Conversations. Good afternoon, hello, hi, and welcome to another episode of the Digify Africa Unplugged Conversations. Today, we're looking at bridging the digital divide to bolster township innovation, the first part of the um, series that's looking at digital solutions that can help build the township and rural digital economies. Today, I'm joined by the collective that founded a platform called Kasi Tech Experience. I'm quite interested in some of the work that they've been able to do and some of the work that they do individually. Um, good afternoon, guys. How are you doing? I'll start with you, Lonwabo. Good afternoon, Apio, and thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Lonwabo Machele. I am the founder and CEO of a media tech and production company. It's called Successful Journals, as well as the co-founder of Gassi Tech Experience. Thanks, Lenovo. Hi, Oluetu. Hi, Pio. Um, yeah, it's Oluetu Zide here, um, co-founder and co-CEO of uh, Five Pay. Um, we are a technology company um, that facilitates uh, e-commerce chatbots. Um, and facilitate uh, facilitate payments for merchants. Nice to be here. Nice, nice. And hi, Bruce from Kalipi. Hey, so I'm Bruce and um, Kalipi. I'm also a co-founder and co-CEO of uh, Fiverr Pay, which is a chat commerce platform available on WhatsApp, uh, Facebook Messenger, Instagram, and Telegram. So. In a nutshell, we automate sales on those messaging platforms. And um, yeah, pretty much. Thanks. Thanks for that. I'm interested in finding out from the three of you guys why the interest, um, you know, in, in looking specifically at townships when it comes to digital development, what sort of sparked the interest to work specifically um, in the township communities? I mean, uh, we, 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 most people's background is from a township, you know, like whether you are from there literally yourself or you have relatives or your parents are from there. So in most cases, um, as a black South African, you're, you, you come from uh, a township and you know the challenges that are there in a township from a normal citizen or a business person that's there. So we're just aiming to bring our skills and knowledge that we acquired through um, uh, being fortunate to go to certain schools and bring it back to the neighborhoods where we are originally from and uh, help them grow. And of, of course, we try to simplify it as much as possible such that it's much more accessible and the learning curve is quite low. So we are from those places you know and uh I like, oh, yeah mm. i like that innovation that is informed by lived experience Lonobu, this is this one is for you i'm interested in the philosophy behind kasi take experience because i mean as bruce has mentioned for the most part the 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 thinking or at least the, the critical innovation side of things um is rooted in the fact that you guys come from these neighborhoods and it's really about authentically um, creating solutions that are going to sort of, um, you know, bring about change. Is, is that what you are also thinking about when you were sort of devising the philosophy um, behind Gassi Tech Experience? 100% of you. So look, 
um, majority of us do come from township. Um, um, most of us still stay there. Um, so what happened is um, growing up, um, like a majority of us, our grandparents or our parents uh, are street vendors or informal traders, right? Um, so we saw it as, as a way to help uh, not just uh, them on the streets, but to also help a majority of the entrepreneurs from the township that are able to utilize the technology. So how the the, the Gassi Tech experience came about is two weeks ago, or three weeks ago, we were at the SA Innovation Summit, right? Um, and we realized that when we posed a couple of questions that are related to the township as well as integrating it with technology, um, only a few people were able to, to answer it. So we thought, okay, how about we bring the same experience back into the townships by now for free so that everyone can be able to access it, right? So that um, if you have a business that needs technology, people do not shy away. They don't go away, but they still use the transaction to be able to get whatever goods that you are selling. On it, I'm going to come to you. So part of the work that we do is Digify Africa is equip small businesses with, um, you know, digital tools to, to navigate the commerce space. And I and earlier on, you had mentioned that you also work in the chatbot space, and that's a space that we've also been exploring in. We've recently um, launched several digi digibots um, that speak to different um, tools and different um, skills. I'm interested in finding out from you what have, what have been some of the responses in the country um, where chatbots are concerned? Is it something that is, you know, popular? Are people still, because obviously we live in a country where there's a lot of digital divide and people often move with a little bit of caution when it comes to, to, to digital platforms. I'm interested in finding out from you as an expert in the space, um, you know, what has been the response when it comes to tools like chatbots? Yeah, thank you, Um, I think for me, it's um, chatbots uh, entirely are, are not as matured um, uh, in the country as they as they should be. Um, but I think for me, um, the response has been very great from from the merchants and all the entrepreneurs that we've been dealing with, um, because uh, similarly, these guys are still using um, WhatsApp, Instagram, Facebook, and all of these platforms. Um, to engage with clients. Um, and for us, when we proposed the chatbot solutions and automating these processes, uh, it was a no-brainer for all of these entrepreneurs to actually jump on board because uh, they saw that this is actually a, a need for their business because um, the merchant that we particularly deal with is merchants where you have a, a sole proprietor um, who, who actually is the owner of the company and actually operates the company as well. And most of the time that they have to respond to messages. Um, for us, bringing chatbots uh, solutions and automating that whole journey of the client experience, uh, it's made a, it, it's, it's, it's literally changed the game. And also adding uh, payment capabilities and functionality where the end user can also now pay with a card, uh, pay with instant EFT or crypto for services. That's definitely changed the ball game because um, usually these small businesses would rely on EFTs that would be sent um, via the bank and then they would have to wait for this um, uh, 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 transaction to reflect in their bank account before they release goods. Uh, but since they've partnered with a technology partner as us, 
um, they're more comfortable letting the goods go, knowing that we've already um, uh, 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 taken the money from the, 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 the end consumer. So it's definitely changed the game. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of traction in a lot of small businesses that want to automate uh, their WhatsApp chats. Um, and, and definitely, I think it's very exciting for the country. Sure. Bruce, you spoke about lived experiences, and I know for the most part, um, not all South Africans um, have full command of the English language. Um, and I think most, for the most part, when you look at most platforms and most digital tools, they obviously are utilized or they use English as a way of navigating the system or the tool. So I'm interested in finding out from you, what are your views on the importance of diversifying languages when it comes to digital tools? So I, I wouldn't say limited to only digifying uh, tools, but it, it's about communication. So, and to effectively communicate, you have to communicate in, in, in a language that uh, both parties are, are much more easier to comprehend, right? So in terms of programming a chatbot, they are you, you can have multiple uh, languages. We offer seven languages so far that uh, South African languages. So we, we're, we do identify that it's important to communicate in the language that people understand. Um, but you, you would be surprised because we are using chatbots, um, English seems to be the more um, viable language that people choose by default to communicate with the chatbot. Um, so unfortunately, I think we live in a country also where um, a lot of people who are exposed to technology have been exposed to it through English. So it's much more easier for them to understand it that way. Mm. The reason why I asked the language question is, purely because when we talk about access, often it speaks to a particular um, group of people. So often when we talk about access, it's usually reserved for middle class or for people who live in city in cities. And we sort of assume that if you live in a township and you live in Joburg or Cape Town, your understanding of the English language is quite fluent. And I think often what has happened is that has been a misconception because people don't intimately understand the way they navigate tools when they're using another language as opposed to their mother tongue so i think um last month we were actually looking at diversifying languages online and in the twitter space people came forward in the conversation to say actually they found that sometimes it's often a bit difficult to understand yes they get the basics but sometimes they don't intimately understand exactly how to navigate the tool or what is actually required of them so that's why i was asking that that specific question um because i think often when we talk about access it's usually at a surface level and doesn't often look at how do we then ensure that everyone is pretty much aware of what's actually happening within these specific tools. So that's very true. So, and also what's important um, is for the customer, from the customer experience, for them to be able to switch between languages with ease. So sure. at the moment, um, People just select the language at the beginning of a conversation, and then all of a sudden, and then only once they restart the conversation, they able to communicate. Uh, so people are, I could say, multilingual in some sense. Uh, in a sense, they understand certain things better in one language, 
and then if they find that they don't understand in this language, they have to, you have you have to give them that option to convert to another language that will help them understand better. And then just give them those options to navigate between languages with much more ease. Uh, I think uh, would help better than just providing them with a default language or one language option, and then they move through it uh, uh, throughout. Sure, sure. I like that approach. I think it's much more inclusive. And I think that's why I was asking that specific question, because as I said, often when we talk about inclusivity, it's usually almost um, dedicated or committed to one sort of community and sort of neglects others. So I think a much more um, sort of plural, pluralistic, um, if that's the word, I'm creating a word there. Um, <laughs> approach <laughs> approach um, is much more necessary. Let's get back to Gassi Tech experience that happened this last week. And I'm interested in some of the um, sort of themes that came out of that. I'm going to throw this one to you all the way to um, Lenovo. You can come next and then Bruce, you can follow after Lenovo. Cool. Thanks. Um, yeah. So, man, there was a, it, it was just such an exciting session. Um, it's a pity we couldn't extend it to the whole of South Africa, but I, I mean, it was very, um, you could definitely see that the, 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 the small businesses that we were actually interacting with, um, it's guys that really need technology to, um, um, to, to scale their business. Um, and we definitely found a need to say, listen, we need to collaborate with these guys because um, we have the technology, they need technology, um, and definitely by us collaborating with these uh, uh, entrepreneurs, we can literally create something that we'd all be proud of. And we're all coming from a township. And definitely, I think um, the theme was just collaborating, collaborating. Um, there was a lot of um, knowledge being shared um, with regards to um, cryptocurrency, um, with regards to Web3, uh, uh, blockchain technology, um, and us as Fivo um, Pay, we came in um, just to share a little bit of what social uh, commerce is. Um, but definitely, I think it was a very fruitful session that we had with the businesses, and it's 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 also triggered us to to have more of these sessions going forward, um, such that we can help these uh, small businesses uh, on technology ideas. Because um, it was very nice because. Uh, a business would present their, their business um, to a wider audience where they would also um, receive um, technology advice or advice on uh, things to do or to improve in their business, which was, I think, for me, um, having a lot of business owners in one room and people able to, um, to help each other um, with um, issues or our challenges that they've previously encountered, I think that was very powerful because we, we all came together as a collective. I think collaboration is quite important, especially in this space. I had a conversation yesterday with Lona Mlonzi from Sky Internet and we were talking about the same thing, just in terms yeah. of she's found that especially when it comes to the space, we almost as organizations operate in silos and that it yeah. also does become important to sort of start creating a community so that we can start feeding off each other um, when it comes to developing spaces where people can actually come and pivot and come up with innovations. Lorabo, on your side, what were some of the exciting things that um, sort of piqued your interest? Right. Uh, 
Uh, thank you, Apio. And um, I couldn't agree more with, to, earlier to, with what you said with regards to collaboration. And speaking of Ulona, she was also part of one of the panel discussions that we had on Saturday. Um, because I think it's very important that we give uh, access to information and access to the internet um, in, in our townships and rural areas um, um, uh, are positive. Because um, one of the things that we saw is with regards to the businesses that were particularly there, um, it's easy to, to make money, yes, but what next? What happens next? You see, so one of the messages that we were trying to give out or trying to educate the people about is generational wealth creation. So if, for instance, uh, my grandmother sold ginger beer and cigarettes, um, what happens next? When she goes on, does the business go away? Or does it carry on? So that's one of the things that we were introducing as well. And then um, there's one, normally one that is selling beads and accessories that she didn't have a cut machine, but because she's a part of uh, the fiber pay system, what happened was she still made um, purchases um, on the day. So people were able to, to buy using the system that was available on the day. So just with that alone, it's an integration to technology. And um, we can officially say that uh, the 22 of October became a milestone in, in Africa as a whole, as you saw that Black was being bought for the first time using cryptocurrencies. <laughs> That's actually cool. That's pretty cool. Bruce, I'm going to change gears for a bit. Um, I'm interested in hearing from you um, what conversations are not happening when we're talking about the impacts of the digital divide in our townships. And I think we, we touched on a little bit earlier on, um, but I'm just interested in some of your opinions just around what's not happening um, when we're talking about the digital divide in our townships and rural areas in the country. Um, so I think we uh, tried to cover that aspect as well when it comes to venture capital. Um, because uh, a lot of entrepreneurs don't know how to access capital. They don't know how to access finance for them to grow or even start their businesses. Um, there are even successful owners, business owners in the townships who lack the fundamentals of just uh, business. They have successful businesses, right? But they lack that information, which door to knock into what kind of deals uh, will help their business better because even um, I think two weeks ago, we were in another um, uh, tea, uh, what's it called? Tea conference. Uh, so where they had a business owner uh, from the milk, the founder, and he, he was very honest in his interview in expressing the not, the lack of knowledge that he had and still has and to some degree when he came to funding for his business because he got into um, very huge debts uh, with loan sharks that almost caused him to lose his entire business over lockdown. So how to access finance is something that we um, lack in terms of building businesses. And when it comes to the digital divide, I mean, I think a lot of People are stressing uh, skills uh, are important, but we're not having the real conversations on how to bring those skills uh, to, to the youth or the people, you know? I, I see, I just checked your guys' website. You guys have WhatsApp, 
for you for you guys who uh, inform people. You have a learning bot. Um, so those kind of tools that make um, transferring skills or digital skills more accessible to people. And still you find that um, all people, especially the young ones, even when they go to school, there's not much emphasis on digital skills. You know, some of them still drop out and want to be taxi drivers, want to be truck drivers, and all of these things where if you look at different uh, countries abroad, they're looking to digitize those um, um, job opportunities. And 20 years, 40 years from now down the line, they're going to be old and without a job because um, these corporates are actually going to automate those uh, uh, jobs that they think will make them successful. So it's also framing the mind of the youth to think longer uh, about the future, you know, like how is how that's going to look like and, and just for them to reimagine South Africa as a competitive country other than just like always taking uh, information from others. So that's what we were aiming for, even with the Tech Kasi experience, Kasi um, Tech experience, just for us to be in the forefront than always hearing something happened over there and it never happens where we are. So um, we, we need to start creating opportunities where we are such that people can be excited about, about our areas. I think mm. that's, you know. Yeah, I like that. And I think also, as you say, I think for the most part, whilst there is quite a, like a growing innovation space as far as taking digital on the continent at large, I think we're still kind of very reactionary in our approach. Um, and I like the fact that you're almost saying we, we need to start thinking about being more pro proactive. I mean, yes, whilst we are seeing a lot of young people, you know, pivoting with solutions um, as far as digital integration, I, I do think at a larger scale, especially when, we, when we're talking about policy and integrating, as you mentioned, um, you know, with high schools as well, um, we need to start having more proactive approaches um, when it comes to that. Oluetu, actually speaking of that, I know that next year, the Department of Education is introducing a robotics and coding curriculum for primary schools in the country. Um, I think it's piloting in 2023. I think I saw the article yesterday. I'm interested in hearing, you know, since you work in the chatbot space, um, do you think our schools are ready for that specific curriculum? Um, do we need to be thinking about other kind of curriculums that are going to sort of allow, you know, kids, young people in the country to sort of enter um, the, 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 the digital economy? Because I think for the most part, the, the hesitation around this specific curriculum has been around, well, if we're talking about robotics, yet people lack you know, basic digital literacy skills, um, you know, how do we, how do we scale that? I'm interested in hearing from you. Um, do you think our primary schools um, are ready for a robotics and coding curriculum? Yeah, so for me, I, I think it's, it's, it's about time. Um, there's a lot of coding hubs um, uh, I've, I've, I've seen around uh, the area uh, in Mitchell's Plain, there's a coding hub. Um, and I think it's something very exciting because um, in, in, in countries like uh, China, 
technology is introduced at a very young age. Uh, and a lot of technology comes out from places like that uh, because they are able to use technology from a young age, uh, not just as consumers, but as developers as well. So I think for us, it's, it's, it's a very uh, uh, critical milestone because the more we introduce technology and coding um, uh, at, at, at schools, uh, the better when the youth are, are grown um, because I mean, for, for me, coding uh, is, is not a, just about programming, but it's the logic um, that it teaches you. Um, because when you program something and you formulate code, uh, there's a particular logic that you need to follow. Um, and it, it, it will definitely help a lot of kids to be problem solvers. Um, and because what you see in, 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 in the youth today, um, they, they struggle with the problem and then they let it go. Um, but when you learn coding from a young age, it helps you to be pro uh, to be a problem solver. Um, I mean, there's a lot of hubs. Uh, the University of Stellenbosch as well also has uh, AI and robotics, um, and which they offer for schools, um, for, for, for high schools and primary schools. And I think that's definitely where we should be focusing uh, our efforts. Because remember, as, as Bruce mentioned, there are jobs that are going to not exist in a few years time. So um, the buzzwords of artificial intelligence, um, data science, um, machine learning, and all of those um, require, uh, uh, even though they're going to be automating certain processes, but they're going to need people that are going to control those processes. Um, and also um, these processes now require a lot of data because it's a lot of analysis of data. Um, which also requires some sort of programming. Um, so basically, I think, yeah, uh, I definitely agree that, that this is definitely a critical milestone that, that we need to pass. Um, and it will benefit. This is, this is one subject that I can definitely relate with and say it will benefit them until after they leave school. Um, yeah. Thank you for that, Oluetu. James, before I let you go, I have one question for all three of you. What can the world learn from Africa when it comes to innovation? Right. Uh, can I, I just want to add on the previous question, right, before I answer your current one. And, Go ahead. Uh, uh, to me, it's a language, right? Programming is a language. So there are languages to speak to other humans, and then programming is a language to speak to computers. So they are adding, they're introducing just languages uh, on a simple uh um sort of like on a simple way just to put it just to put it in a simple way they're just introducing a new language that will enable the youth to speak to computers better and um program them to do certain things so i think that's a good move if we can look at it from a simple perspective like they're going to be learning new languages you know not just limited to speaking to human beings uh, and um, in terms of uh, what they can learn from Africa, uh, man, that's a, a good one. Uh, there's a lot to learn is that we are quite a resilient group of people. We just haven't figured what we need or how to innovate for ourselves yet. But uh, thanks to the education that 
we've been able to receive over the past few years, we've seen, we're starting to see that people are starting to look in their communities, not in a bad way, but as places where they can actually improve. And innovation uh, for us is all, it, it, it's community-based, right? Uh, intrinsically for us, we look at uh, masses because there's so many of us who are underserved and not taken care of. So any solution that uh, uh, South Africans will develop will be a solution that can scale uh, to uh, various uh, regions in the world. And uh, we start to believe in ourselves and start to think globally. Uh, so uh, it, it's a very great time for us to, um, to own our own future. So even next year, we're planning to have a Kasi uh, Tech experience where it's gonna involve rugby because it's um, the, the Rugby World Cup is coming next year, right? So it, 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 we're looking at crypto in sports and we're looking to partner with big corporates, uh, even Sia Kralisi, hopefully, uh, to work with us uh, and lead one of the teams. And also to have, to showcase not just tech, but also local designers uh, to design sportswear like gear, yeah, you know, for them to have those opportunities. So it's not just about tech, because tech can only serve, will only serve, uh, or will only help a certain type of entrepreneurs, but also showcasing different aspects of um, in their industrial minds of, uh, of uh, Black people or African people. Yeah. Sure. Sure, I like that. Lenovo, Bruce has said quite a bit. I'm interested in hearing from you. What do you think Silicon Valley can learn from us? I mean, Bruce has mentioned quite a lot of things there, so surely there's some tricks and trades that the world can learn from us. No, definitely up here, and I couldn't agree more with uh, Bruce. You see, I think with uh, Africa, what we, we are trying to, to figure out or trying to expand actually to the rest of the world is that um, I'll give an example of South Africa, for example. Our townships have an economy of 900 billion, right? That's both formal and informal. But a lot, a lot of people do not know about this. So that's one of the things that shows the people that in actual fact, there's something scalable here, um, that uh, the, the market is there, the research is there. It's just that uh, how many people are able to go in and, and you know, um, learn something and get something new from it. But um, many years ago, there was uh, a, a philosopher by the name of Louis Althusser, and he said that, um, Thing that make the, the, the people tick. Um, is, uh, one of them is media, the, the other one is politics, but most importantly, it's education. So with that in mind, I think what you're trying to do is to give the access to the information as well as the education to the average Joe so that they themselves are able to have the confidence to share their stories, to share their, their businesses, you know, with the rest of the world. Um, and then slowly but surely um, we could be able to, to change the game to change the world and finally Oluetu on your side what can the world learn from us yeah so for us um, 
Africa has uh, so many opportunities that we can tap into. Um, there's so many communities that are underserved. Um, yeah, so typical example, um, our business is based in South Africa. Um, we've caught the attention of a, a, a business um, based in, in one of the African countries. And, and basically for them, they don't have banks like we do. They don't have payment gateways like we do. So we've had to partner up with companies like Airtel, uh, MTN, uh, Mobile Money, just for, the, for us to service um, the, their clients. So there's a lot of opportunities within Africa. Um, and those opportunities allow us to, to, um, to, to think uh, critically and, and actually solve our own problems. Uh, and I definitely think if, if we as Africans can come together and say, these are the problems that we have and how do we solve them? I definitely think instead of looking at the West, there's a lot of solutions that would come out of, of Africa. And us being those people that um, have experience um, to those problems, um, who, who's experienced it, uh, I think we, we would be the better people to come up with solutions, um, either than um, looking to the West for solutions. And I, I definitely think that a lot of companies that have been uh, 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 established in Africa have, have definitely taken center stage um, uh, uh, overseas. Um, um, companies like uh, uh, Calendly, um, Nigerian's company that was also pay, uh, uh, bought over, um, payment gateway companies from Nigeria that were also uh, bought over by Silicon Valley companies. So there's, there's definitely a, something with Africa. There's definitely something with technology in Africa. Um, that's why we are attracting the masses. We are attracting big companies and corporates in Silicon Valley who are investing in Africa um, only to take the technology back up to the West. Um, and I definitely think that we should hold on to our technology and see how what solutions we can actually solve for, for our people. And I definitely think that a lot of African businesses will be more successful uh, and also the challenges being funding and, and how to scale um, these African businesses. But definitely, I think uh, it's a broader discussion where government also needs to uh, think of ways on incentivizing entrepreneurship, um, because at the moment, um, these entrepreneurs are not incentivized. Um, so they're reluctant to solve solutions, but definitely if there was a fund in place, um, there would be more problems that we would be solving um, as Africans um, if we had the support uh, of, of government and, and, and other uh, big corporates uh, playing within the African uh, space. Thank you for that, Oluetu. As I mentioned off air, we speak to an audience in South Africa, Nigeria and Kenya. Yeah. Where can all of the audience that's listening and everyone that's listening at the moment um, find you guys, um, whether it's, you know, personal websites, personal social media handles, organizations. If I'm sitting at home and I'm interested in learning more about the work that you guys do and learning more about Gassi Tech experience, um, where do I get in touch? I'll start with you, Bruce, and then I'll end off with um, only two and Nonamo. Uh, so you can find us at fiverpay.com. And our socials are at 50pay on all uh, social media, which is WhatsApp, um, Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, 
I don't know our WhatsApp number off by heart, but <laughs> if you go into the website, you will find it at fiberpay.com. Um, but uh, Lenovo knows all the social handles uh, off by heart. So I'll hand it over to him. <laughs> uh, so um, with uh, you can get me at Lenovo Machel on all social media platforms. Um, and then successful journals, it's successful journals with the S at the end on all social media platforms as well as www.successfuljournals.com. And then with the uh, uh, Cassie Tech Experience, it's CassieTechExperience.Africa. Um, and then across social media, it's Cassie Tech Experience on all social platforms. And um, yeah, with uh, Avelina, I'm sure he, he would like to share his as well. It's Mayhem Design, um, DE, I think, .com. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's about it. Do you Cool. So for me, Bruce has already mentioned our handles. Um, yeah, so it's it's Fivo Pay. Depending on how you pronounce it, people call it Fivo and some call it Fivo. Um, just the spelling of that, it's F I double V O Pay. Uh, so it's it's Fivo Pay or Fivo Pay, depending on how you spell it. Um, Zandi Zandi is also part of the 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 Kasi Tech. Uh, experience and she owns um, one of the the call centers in in Kailicha, um, which is a startup. So it's the call center. Uh, uh, it's the Kailicha call center, um, um, where you can actually find more details about uh, Zandi. Um, so yeah, and on LinkedIn, you'll yeah, I'm I'm mostly active on LinkedIn, so you'll find me if you search all the way to Zite. Um, yeah, thank you. Cool. Thank you so much, James, for joining me. I think this is quite an insightful conversation. I've actually learned quite a bit just in terms of what you, the philosophy behind take, um, take experience and orgasi take experience, that is, and also just some of your opinions just around some of the socio-political and even on policy level as far as integrating our townships and digital and rural areas into the digital grid. So thank you so much for your time and joining me in this conversation. All right. Uh, just before you go, a few the experience uh, the pictures as well as the story will also be available on monday in the successful journals digital work magazine okay cool well, you it here first. thank you so much for that Ronaldo.